While I was in high school, my grandmother fell ill. She was just over 80 years old, only had a few months to live, and decided that she wanted to spend her final days living in my family's home. Before she moved in with us, my grandmother had never really been a big part of my life. But little did I know how deep it was about to get. Now my grandmother had seven children and was very involved in her church, so there were a lot of people coming in to visit and pay their respects before she passed. Because of that, I didn't really like being home during the day. Our house was constantly filled with people from all over, none of which I knew. They all wanted to talk with my grandmother one-on-one, so I would let them have their time, wait until they had left, and then visit with my grandmother in the evening. She became a friend in short time, and before I headed out for school or work, I would pop my head into her room, say hi, and ask if there was anything I could get for her. And when I returned back home, I would ask her the same. And through sitting and talking with each other, I really got to know her. As her health declined, she would sleep more and more, and she lost most of her appetite and wasn't eating very much. But when I would cook for her, she would always eat every last bite. One day while I was at work, I got a phone call from my family. They told me that in the morning, she didn't wake up and was now non-responsive. The medical staff explained that she was in a coma. I was shook up by the news and didn't really know what to do, so I headed back home. I went into her room and I saw her lying there, peacefully, like she was in a deep sleep. I walked over to her, leaned in and said, Hi, Grammy. She breathed in and said, That's my boy. She spoke back to me. I couldn't believe it. So just to be sure, I leaned in again and said hi. And she replied, Hi, sweetie. I was so happy. I thought that I was never going to be able to talk with my grandmother again. But there she was, talking, right back to me. And this continued. It became this thing where her friends, family, and even her children, all of these people who had spent a large part of their lives with her couldn't get her to talk. But I, for some reason had the ability to wake her. People marveled at my connection with her, to the point that one day, while a group of visitors were sitting with my silent grandmother, I was called in to get her to say a few words. I sat with her, said hello, engaged her in conversation, and everyone was astonished that she would talk with me. Now, as is the case for anybody losing a loved one, the threat of them passing brings up everyone's issues with death. Unlike myself, my grandmother was very religious. The thought of her dying scared me, and after visitors sat with my grandmother, they would come out of the room and share with us their views on death, the afterlife, God and whatnot, and what my grandmother was experiencing. Out of all the theories I heard, the one that seemed to make the most sense to me was that my grandmother, while in a coma, was in a middle ground between life and death. If that was true, I realized, then I could ask her about what she was going through. So that night, I walked into her room. The lamp on her nightstand cast a soft light upon her, and because of the coma, the muscles in her face had relaxed, which caused her wrinkles to fade away. She looked ten years younger, and her face glowed. I breathed in the room. 
I walked over to her and said hello, and she responded with, that's my boy. I paused and asked her, Grammy, what do you see? And in her weak voice, she said, bright light. I took a deep breath in and exhaled. Is God real? God is beautiful. Is heaven real? Heaven is beautiful. I asked her what she was feeling and she told me love, pure love. I sat there trying to process everything she had told me. I could feel each beat of my heart pulsing through my temples. I couldn't feel my legs. I couldn't feel my fingers. All I could do was sit and watch her resting. I watched her slow breathing, her closed eyes, and I was overwhelmed. The next morning, I debated whether to tell anyone what had happened. Even if I had wanted to, I wouldn't know where to begin. I stopped by my grandmother's room, kissed her on the forehead, and without saying a word, went on to work. Now, I worked at a golf course and spent most of my time alone in this long, skinny garage where I parked all of the golf carts. So there I was, pacing, back and forth. Is my grandmother for real? Is God really real? Or what? I didn't know what to make of it. So I decided to make a bet with this so-called God. And it went like this. The garage I worked in was a long concrete hall with golf carts parked on each side. And at the far end, about 50 yards away, there was a tiny cabinet stand, just wide enough to hold a couple scorecards. I said, God, or whatever you are, if you are real, then I'm going to throw this ball and it is going to hit that cabinet on the other end of this garage. If it hits the cabinet, then I will believe in you. But if I throw the golf ball and it misses, then I won't believe in you. I will turn my back on you forever and I will never believe. This is your one chance to prove yourself to me. I began bouncing the golf ball, pacing back and forth, getting all worked up. I'm really going to do it. I'm really going to do it. This is it. I'm serious. I wound up for my fastest pitch, took a few running steps, and threw the golf ball as hard as I could. It hit a drain grate right in front of me and bounced off behind me into the carts. I missed it. Totally missed it. I began walking down the garage thinking to myself, Man, is that it? Is everything my grandma telling me not true? So there is no God, no heaven, nothing? I continued walking, and when I got about ten feet away from the cabinet, I stopped and said to myself, No, this isn't right. That wasn't supposed to happen. And while I was looking at the cabinet, I heard something. I looked behind me, and there was the golf ball, rolling, nice and steady, nice and slow. And it rolled right past me, towards the cabinet, and hit it, right in the middle. Not on the corner, not off to the side, like exactly in the middle of the cabinet. More middle than I thought was middle. And with that, I got the chills. 
I don't know how many angles it must have hit, bouncing off all those carts, down the bumpy path, over and around all the drain grates for 50 yards, waiting until I got right up to the cabinet to hit it. I was blown away. A few hours later, I got back home, and my grandmother's condition had took a turn for the worse. And it soon became apparent that she was really on her way out. She never spoke to me again. Instead, I spoke to her, and I told her that I loved her very much, and I thanked her for everything she had taught me. Sometime after that, her breathing became less and less frequent. The family gathered around, and while I was sitting there next to her, holding her hand, she breathed out, and she didn't breathe back in. That was it. She had passed. During our time together, I believe that my grandmother invited me to experience something that was well beyond the both of us. It was undeniably powerful and real to me. After her death, I never joined the church, but I also never made another bet with God, asking for proof. At her funeral, the church was filled with people mourning her death, and while everyone was crying, a piece of me smiled because she had shown me where she was going, and now... She was finally there. Thank you very much. Pat Masidi Miller. That piece is dedicated to Lonnie Miller from her grandson. And may she rest in peace. 